Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. It's great to be in the house of the Lord and in this great church, Christian Apostolic Church. And uh, we're so thankful we could be here on this Labor Day weekend. And uh, of course, for us being here with uh, our family uh, was has been a great, great thing for us. Uh, being able to see Isla Joe, this is our first time, and so we're very excited about that. And and for the family, and have gotten to visit with them and. Uh, thankful for my wife of 41 years who is uh, able to come with me and of course uh, very special for me and a great honor to stand before um, the elders and the pastors of my life Uh, and of course being here with my sister on her 65th birthday um, I've always followed in her trail and it's never been a disappointment yet so um, she looks good at 65 too, by the way. You look real good. I got to tell you that. Still looking good. Uh, but it is an honor to be here with, with, of course, my parents, who I hold in the highest regard and esteem, to be able to travel with them and be with them. And, of course, being with, with the pastors of my life, um, being able to be here with uh, Pastor... Uh, Keith Jostrand and Dr. Janice Jostrand being able to be here with them. Uh, They pastored me. It actually took uh, doubles uh, to pastor uh, me and my wife. Um, And to be here with Bishop and Sister Jostrand who um, have been our pastors for nearly all of our marriage, 40 years, uh, they pastored us. In fact, Bishop Jostrand married us uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota, and it worked. Uh, we're still here. And so uh, God is good all the, time. all the time and all the thank you for that. And all the time he's good. And so uh, a privilege. When I left Arkansas, probably the, the highest compliment I could have been given, I didn't share with anybody. So I'm going to share with you all. I got a letter from a state official uh, who in the narrative of the letter said, Thank you for your loyalty to the Joe Strands. And I thought, well, that that is the highest compliment that I could have ever been paid. But I really didn't understand. I, I knew they really didn't understand the story. They saw things from the outside. What are sheep supposed to do? If you're following a shepherd, you get fed, you're safe, you grow a family. God prospers you. What else can you do besides follow them? It's not something you just turn on and off. I've seen over the years a lot of individuals, and I don't say this uh, as a criticism, but a lot of individuals that are like sheep who keep searching for some magic potion, and if they would just follow a a good under-shepherd and stay with it, God would bless them. But you can't keep switching pastures your whole life. As Sister Shostrand was saying, you can't keep switching pastures your whole life and then say, well, God, I just don't feel roots. Well, you don't because you haven't been following the shepherd whose hands God is using to bless you, prosper you, and to lead you to those still waters that David talked about. So, greatest compliment I've ever been paid is that I've been loyal that's it 
I think in the word it says, well, do, well done thou good and faithful. That's the greatest accolade you could ever have. So I can say in my life uh, that while I'm not a lot, uh, I've been loyal and I'm hanging on to God. And when someone leads you to the cross, every once in a while it's good to look behind and make sure they're still there. Amen? So it is a privilege to be with them. The highest honor I could ever think. Thank you, Pastor Showstrand, for the honor to be here and stand before these great leaders, pastors, elders. It's an honor. If you would stand, I'd like to read a scripture to you. I know that um, um, I won't be offering you corn this morning because you probably had enough of that. Uh, but whatever God's word gives us is good. Amen. First yes. Corinthians chapter one, verses 26 and 27. For you see your calling brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. I see two different things happening here. One is God is saying that when you were called, you weren't a whole lot. But the second part of that is, but God did something. So to the world, we're just not a whole lot. But God did something. Now whether the world ever sees that, the world does see that, by the way. Paul's not doing this to demean us or, or to say, let me put it this way. As one English writer put it, quote, Christianity with the irresistible might of its weakness, shook the world, unquote. I want to speak to you just for a few minutes this morning on the subject, roll call. Roll call. You remember being in school? Anyone in here ever called the roll? Called the roll? This is a kingdom roll call this morning. Why don't we raise our hands together and ask for the Lord's blessings and anointing on all of us this morning. God bless your word. We ask you to anoint us to bless every family, every man and woman. We ask you to bless, Lord, our homes. We ask you to bless this church. Let your presence move throughout this community and change lives. Continue to change lives and change the world around it in Jesus name. Amen. Turn around or next to you and shake somebody's hand and say it's time for roll call. And you may be seated. As I said earlier, Paul's message to the church here was not designed to devalue us, to devalue God's people or the church, but rather to remind us and to remind the church and all of those to whom this scripture finds its, itself, is to remind us that the great exploits that we will do, have done and will do, will be the hand of God on us and not our own devices. This is a common thread through God's word. God 
overcomes opposition. God conquers armies. The Lord humbles nations through the hands of the weak. And those who are unrecognizable to the world around them. The foolishness of all of this is simply that it's not about what you believe. Now listen to this. It's not about what you believe about yourself or what you don't believe about yourself. It's about the God who has called you this morning. Whether you believe or whether you don't believe about yourself in terms of your ability your faith, your standing in society is completely irrelevant. Paul said when God called you, you were nothing. And that's why God called you. Because you did not have standing, you did not have ability, and you weren't recognized. Look, if we're recognized by the world, you know what we're going to do? We're going to assume the mantle of the world. And our self-sufficiency will carry us. But when you're called to the kingdom of God, you come as one who is weak and then is made strong by the power of God when he puts his mantle of power upon you. I don't come on my own, in other words. Zechariah 4, 6. This was the same situation. He answered and spake to me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel saying, not by might nor by power. It's catching a man who's trying to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem and through opposition and deceit and lies, they're discouraged. And God tells him, this never had anything to do with you or your ability. This was always about me and my power and my might to rebuild a temple. What God wants to build in you has nothing to do with your ability, but it's about the power of God that manifests itself. It's not about us. And then he says, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings crying grace, grace, grace unto it. John Wesley once said, give me 100 men who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not whether they be clergy or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set up a kingdom of heaven on earth. Give me somebody who's weak who can walk into the presence of God because they love God. And I'll give you a nation that is turned upside down. I know we live in the world, but honey, I can't be the world. I'm just not that. I live in the world. But God's hand is upon you and he does the work through you. You become mighty because the hand of God, not because the world commends you. If you've been in the workforce long enough, you know the commendation of the world lasts for what? One evaluation. Right? And it's pretty shallow. I don't mean this uh, negatively, but having evaluated people, you know, good job only makes you feel good for so long. 
You know, and then they teach us to say, good job for doing this. Well, that's good. But that doesn't make you mighty. What makes you mighty is that the hand of God is upon you. And I'm telling you here this morning that everybody under the sound of my voice has been called. God is calling the role for the mighty. And if you're thinking I'm talking to people who just seem to have the faith, people who just seem to have the standing with God, people who seem to be able to get a hold of God quicker than anyone else, that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about you who are struggling, you who are weak, you who feel defeated, those of you who are carrying burdens. You are the mighty that God is calling. How many remember, uh, you see, the devil will try to disarm us, disarm our faith by playing mind games. You ever had mind games going on up here? You're insignificant. You can't change reality. The damage is already done. You don't have enough faith. You're not good enough. Just come and try to get into God's house. The devil's okay with, with, with us living at the floor of what we can be. Well, I just, I just made it to the house of God. Think, honey, God, God has a whole lot more for us than just making it to the house of God. You are mighty because of the power of God. You are a giant in this world. God can use you, but you have to get out of the mindset of saying, well, I'm not, I'm not anything. See, that's my alarm. I set it for 11 o'clock. But I'm not done, so I'm going to go a few minutes more. You remember Joan of Arc? Joan of Arc was, uh, you know, this heroine for France. I like quotes. I like quotes from people who've done something significant to the world. But at the end of the day, it's all what the Word of God says. But this is what she said. She was instrumental in one of the particular battles in France during the Hundred Years' War. She said, all battles are first won or lost in the mind. It's right up here. And I'm not Zig Ziglar. I don't do the power of positive thinking. But before Zig Ziglar ever talked about that, he's a motivational speaker in the Word of God. We are told that we've got to pull down strongholds in our head. We can't allow ourselves to be sold the lie that we really don't have an impact in the world around us. You cannot go to work and feel like you are insignificant and don't have any power to change the course of that organization or the people with whom you work. You have to understand that it's the hand of God that gives you the power to change the circumstances around you. It was never you anyway, so take that burden off of you. It's not me, but it's the God who gives my hands the power to war. So you don't have to worry about, well, am I accepted by the people around me? Well, so what if they do? So what if they don't? As long as I'm walking before God in humility and understand my weakness, it's the power of God that equips you. The angel of the Lord. You're talking about the devil selling you a bunch of lies. The angel of the Lord appears unto Gideon and says, the Lord is with thee. God is never, never negative about who we are. You know. We are negative about us. But it's not God who comes to us and says, I heard a voice from God that said, I'm insignificant. That wasn't from God. I don't matter. That's not from God. See, if the devil can disarm us in our heads, we are no good to the world around us. 
If every step that we take is one of negativity and criticism of self, and I can't live for God, I can't do this, I can't minister to other people, I don't have enough faith, my family's in shambles, I can't do anything about it, the devil has disarmed you completely if you believe that stuff. So the pastors can only do so much. Well, come pray for my family. Honey, God's given you power and anointing to pray for them yourself. I learned a long time ago, when you don't feel like shouting is, is actually not a bad time to shout. Well, I don't feel any anointing. Put your hand out and just see what happens. I don't feel powerful. Do what you've seen them do. Well, I didn't get, get a bottle. They didn't give me a bottle. Take a bottle to your house, to your home, to your family, to your job. Somebody's going to come up to you and say, would you be in prayer for me? Absolutely. I'll pray for you right now. The angel says to Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon says, oh my Lord, where are all the miracles? You see the negative? If God called me a mighty man of valor, I'd do the same thing he did. And so would you. And we say, well, if God spoke to me, I, I wouldn't say that. Yes, you would too. Because we have been sold a mindset that if we're not the speaker, the orator, the leader, the one in front of the people, the one to whom everyone wants to hear, that we have no role in the kingdom of God. And that is a lie from hell. You by yourself have been called on God's roll call to allow his power to manifest itself through your weakness. Why don't you raise your hands right now and give God praise. Just raise your hand by faith. Just by faith. You don't even feel. You, you say, I don't even understand. I don't feel I, I'm in a situation. Just, just by faith say, God, I know I can be mighty. Well, to be mighty, there are certain things I have to do. I have to uh, pray four times a day. I have to fast three days a week. I have to fast. Those are also lies. You do what you have to do to get in the presence of God, and God takes care of the rest. We, we, we allow, either through our own carnality or through the, the devil himself, to be sold into this idea that power has to come through certain events, certain people, certain circumstances. When the truth of the matter is, when Brother Easter comes next week, y'all be coming in shouting already, full of faith, ready to go. What makes, what's what's going to make that service a revival service is not because the man himself brought it. It's because the church came in and they're already so juiced up and geared up, ready to go. They already know where the power comes from. They already know that they're a conduit themselves for the power of God. I don't... Brother Easter's the extra. Every sermon is just building me up to where I know I already am. That's not arrogance. That's understanding your role and who you are. And then, of course, Gideon says, you know, well, I'm not, where are all the miracles? I don't know why all this bad stuff's happened. And, and then the angel, uh, the Bible says the Lord looked on him and said, go in this thy might. 
He keeps saying the same things. You're not hearing me, God. I, I ask a question, several. I ask a question, where are all the miracles? Our fathers told us about Egypt and everything you did. And then the answer is, go in your might. How powerful you are. A lot of times when we pray, if we pray all this negative stuff, I think God sometimes just sloughs it off. That, that is not what God wants to hear from us. That means we have an identity problem. Anybody have a problem in here this morning? Anybody have any circumstance or problem that you're dealing with this morning? Anybody? I, anybody? Yeah. I just saw about five hands. Come on, be honest. Anybody? What? Okay, so, so everybody has circumstances. Guess what? You've conquered them in Jesus' name. Through the power of God Almighty. Yeah, but you don't understand. You let the devil get in there and talk to you about reality. But reality is, okay, you can be intellectual with God. I can be intellectual with God. Or I can just say, it's not by my might or my power or my intellect, but it's by the power of Almighty God. And then he goes on to say, I'm poor, I'm weak. I'm... And then the, you know what the Lord says? He did answer that. And he says, surely I will be with thee. He just found out, Gideon, I did you the greatest blessing. I called your name on the roll call, and I never expected you to do this by yourself. This was never about you. I just needed a human being to show how big I was. I don't have the faith. God makes up for what we lack. I believe this. When our faith is not enough, you know what God does? He equal, He makes the difference. God will never leave you in the heat of a battle or a situation and then withdraw himself and watch you struggle. God doesn't do that. Now, we may feel that way, but our feelings aren't always truth. Just a feeling. Just a thought. Just an idea. The, the little guy who killed Goliath, you remember him? He surrounded himself with 37 people just like him. 37. But only three of them were actually identified as the three. I don't think the story of those three were put in the Bible just as a historical reference. Just I don't, like, I don't believe that Hebrews 11 was put in there so we could feel a chill every once in a while and know that people had great faith. I don't believe that. I think those people are in Hebrews 11. I think the three and David's mighty men, the group of mighty men are there to let us know that is you. That is where you belong. I just didn't give that to you so you could admire somebody else. God's not a God to just fill your head full of something so you can admire someone else. You are a living, breathing epistle and a tool of the power of Almighty God. The length of time that it takes you to accept that will determine how many exploits you do till the end of your days. These, these Mighty men of David, the three. I just want to tell you something about them very quickly. The mighty men of David. They represent the essential mindset we need in this hour. We're living in very strange times. Very strange. Very different. Difficult. 
But I don't think things get worse and the Holy Ghost not get more powerful. So if you, you know, if you choose to say, well, I spend all my days listening to the news and talking about how bad things are, honey, you're going to have such a negative mindset. It wouldn't matter how mighty. The Holy Ghost doesn't want us to dwell on the junk. He wants us to be full of his anointing. And the worse it gets in the world, the more powerful the presence of God gets to counteract what the devil's throwing at us. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. This is the first guy. His name was Josheb Bashabeth. He was the chief of the three. There were 37 mighty. There were three who were notable. And they're called the three. Mighty people. Just like you out here. He wielded his spear against 800 whom he killed at one time. At one time. I just... Pastor, I just made it to church this morning. I've been fighting the devil. This guy killed 800 people in one battle with a spear. Next to him, 2 Samuel 23 says, was Shammah, Shammah, the son of Agi. The Philistines gathered together at Lehi where there was a plot of ground full of lentils. And everybody else fled. He took his stand in the midst of the plot of ground and defended it and struck down the Philistines. And the Lord worked a great victory that day. That's the scripture. And then I forgot that the, the second guy was named Eliezer. And he was fighting against the Philistines and all the Israelites withdrew. And the Bible says that he rose and struck down the Philistines until his hand was so weary it locked around the sword you couldn't peel it off. So you had the, the one notable mighty man. This is, these are people who, who we need to aspire to be that God wants us to be. The one who slew 800. The second one who fought so through his weariness that he just clung to the sword and they couldn't peel his fingers off of it. And then the third one, they were trying to steal the land that they were growing on. And he took his stand and he wouldn't leave. This is, this is mine. So I'm doing this in a little different way. So, th so there are three different mindsets here that I want to give you from each of them. The guy that slew the 800 was not afraid of the odds. I don't care how many you throw. And I don't know if he actually knew Joshua or Joshua was, was dead and gone then. But, but Joshua wrote and said, well, what are you going to kill a thousand? He got 800. He still had 200 to go before he reached that threshold. He wasn't afraid of how many. I'm, I'm under attack. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the devil throws at me. I am a child of God. I have the anointing of God. Devil, you can send anything you want to. I'm powerful before God. Send another hundred. I'm not budging. Second guy held on to the sword until you couldn't. He's exhausted. But he's holding on to that sword, buddy. Try to peel it off. You get too close, it's going through you too. See, the devil can't take this kind of perseverance. He deals, he deals in, in pick here, pick here, pick here until you're just so worn down. But, but, but 
what the first two show us is number one, I don't care about the odds. In other words, the reality. I'm going to show you this just a quick second. I'm going to fight through the weariness. And then the third one said, I'm going to defend what's mine. What God has promised me, I am staying right here and I'm not going anywhere. I don't care what the odds are, one. I'm hanging on to the sword. I don't care. And, 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 I, and I'm going to stand right here. So let me just tell you this right here. This is the roll call this morning. And I'm giving you three attributes of what you need this morning to assume your place. God has called every one of you and those who couldn't be here this morning as well. Y'all are being called this morning. This isn't just a, a well, wasn't that a, a nice message? Honey, this is directly from God's word to you. You, 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 every one of you. You've been doubting. You've been afraid. You've been anxious. And the Lord has called your name and said, I don't care how much affliction has sent your way. I've given you enough power. I've given you enough authority. You hold on to that spear and you fight every trial, every test as it comes. Don't you dare lay down. Don't you dare stop. My God, coming to church, I learned that one a long ago. I'm going farther than that. Prayer time, I'm getting on my knees, honey. I'm wielding the weapons of my warfare. I ain't stopping. That's the 800. Jabesh, whatever his name is, I'm standing right here. And then Eliezer, I'm fighting. I was taught a long time ago, this is why you need to come Wednesday nights and hear the word and make notes in your Bible. Because I learned a long time ago, you get a bulldog grip on the word of God. What are you doing, Eliezer? I don't care which way the battle is going. I'm holding on to God's word. Try to peel it out of my hand. Every time I feel discouraged, I'm getting a hold of Scripture and the Word of God. Hey, thou mighty man of God. God called me mighty, and I'm not going to let that go. God said I'm strong when I'm weak. I'm not letting that go. The Lord said he hears me when I pray. I'm not letting that go. You're mighty. And then, of course, you got to defend your territory. You see, God's calling the role right now. I'm wrapping it up. God's calling the role. Your name's on the roster. Every single person in here. I tell you as I stand here, I've been through enough. I've been through enough hell. I feel comfortable being. I could tell you my story. Hadn't got time for that. But let me tell you something. The battle's in your head. Rebuke it. Get in the presence of God and get a hold of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. This is not about your education, your pedigree, your ability. It has nothing to do with that. It's about the power that God wants to equip you with. Number one. I'm going to commission you this morning, every one of you, to ignore the odds. This is how you're going to do it. Intercede for yourself. Intercession is prayer. That's where 
This morning you can come up and you can intercede. It doesn't take hours. Get in the presence of God. Get outside of what you're getting ready to do and all that stuff. This is life-changing this morning. Intercede for yourself and your family, for your children, for your spouse. I'm under attack. Brother Tackett, I'm under attack from a myriad of enemies. You don't know how many. They that be with us are more than they that be against us. All I need is him. Your weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. So ignore the odds. It's time to intercede this morning. Let's let the power of God start moving through your situation and change your family dynamics, your job situation, whatever's going on. Let the power of God do that. But make yourself a vessel through which God can do that. Number two, get a hold of that, that word and worship through your weariness. I'm going to worship when I don't feel like it. I'm going to praise when I don't even know what to say. I'm just going to say, thank you, Jesus. And you don't let go of that. Everybody gets weary. Don't be weary in well-doing. Maybe, maybe your pain, your suffering, your affliction is making you weary. The trial that you're dealing with, your physical situation, emotional, whatever. Hold on to the Word of God. And then the third attribute of the mighty is stand your ground and fight for what God has promised. By his stripes you're healed. So you hang on to that. You stand your ground. You don't recoil and say, well, God only heals those things, but he doesn't heal this thing. Well, that's not what God's word says. And so you stand your ground for what God has promised you through his word. Your healing, your deliverance, your miracle. This is your roll call. If you would right now, just, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Now see, a lot of this has to do with you preparing your mind. This is about your mind. The Apostle Peter said, so prepare your minds for action. Be completely in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert and fix your hope completely on the grace of God. God, we have come this morning to prepare our minds to assume our place in the ranks of the mighty. This is roll call. God, you are calling every individual in this sanctuary. Every brother, every sister, every young man and young woman, you are calling, Lord, to assume their place among the mighty in our generation, not the other ones, not the previous ones, but this generation needs mighty. We're not timid. We're not afraid. God, because it's you who does the work through us. So I'm God. I'm asking you right now to anoint and let your spirit fall on this place every brother, every sister. For those, God, who see the odds against them, their reality tells them they can't, don't have enough faith. This is not going to work out. I'll just keep plodding on. God, we're going to stand up this morning and intercede in prayer. 
We're going to believe you for the impossibilities that the devil has convinced us, Lord, we can't affect. For those, Lord, who are weary in battle, God, we're taking hold of the word. You said we're mighty. You said we were nothing, Lord, before we came to you. But now we are the children of God, priests before God. For those, God, who are feeling doubt and fear, we've recoiled from what you promised, and God, we're just kind of trying to hang on. We reclaim what the devil has stolen, our healing, our salvation, our deliverance, our cleansing from sin and shame. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you if you feel like you're at that crossroads, that place. Maybe it's cleansing, washing. You feel like you're going the same circular path. You can't get off of it. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith, a leap of faith, and assume your place in the roll call and walk up to this altar. For those of you who feel like their odds are just too strong, too high, nobody's judging anybody this morning. But if you feel like there's so many things working against you, I want you to stand to your feet and come to the front as a illustration of your faith that you believe the word that God has spoken this morning. With no one looking, if you feel like you're just so weary, I've been hanging on, God, through my pain, my suffering. I need to be healed. Someone in my family needs healing. Someone on the job, their friends. God, I'm going to hold on to your word. I want you to come up. And those of you who feel like that you're ready to take back, and you're ready to stand your ground. God has made promises to you. And you're not willing to let go of the promises. In other words, this is your possession. I want you to come forward. Whether it's your children, your family, your classmates, your school. And let the anointing of God touch you right now. We're going to pray. I want you to pray as a church. We are not going to relinquish that which God has promised. You are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. You're mighty before God. Assume your place. Take your place. Take your place.